Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Learning to Fly podcast. Today, I have an old friend of mine, Gabby, and we'll be talking a little bit about eating disorders and some of her experiences in a very unique realm of the world, and just kind of getting a little more story and awareness out there for some of these conversations that most of us are not brave enough to have. So without further ado, here is my lovely friend, Gabby. Hi, everyone. I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you for having me, Maddie. Of course. Thanks so much for sharing your time. (laughs) Of course. So um, what is the easiest place for you to kind of start talking about some of that eating disorder? um, Maybe not. I don't know. What's the easiest thing to talk about at first? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a long journey for me. So, um, I guess we can just go back to the beginning and kind of start from there. If that sounds good. I am good with that. As long as you're comfortable. (laughs) Of course, I'm an open book. So, um, so I grew up as a ballet dancer, um, pretty serious ballet dancer. I was no joke. (laughs) Yeah, it was basically my life. And my identity and I loved it and I I loved being so involved in it it was kind of like my escape from the world um but like growing up I never really sorry what I didn't say anything oh sorry um (laughs) growing up I never really um had any issues with food I guess or my body um I was always just what I was and growing up I was always naturally thin as well and I remember I don't know if you remember this Maddie but in middle school they like every year they showed us that documentary called Dying to Dance yep yes and I, I hated having two to years watch in that. A row. <laughs> <laughs> I hated having to watch it because everyone like stereotyped me and at the time I was like I didn't understand why people had eating disorders. I was like, it's so stupid. Why would you just starve yourself to be skinny? Like, I didn't understand at the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I, like, hated like having to, to watch it. it. Huh? You didn't have to worry about it at that point. Exactly. And I also, I, from ages, like, 12 to 15, I grew, like, 10 inches. <laughs> so I was basically eating whatever I wanted. And I was, was just about saying, to say I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but I remember us, like, having random-ass snacks, and, like, yeah, totally, food was not an issue for either of us. No, not at all. Um, never thought twice about it. <laughs> and so, I guess, I kind of, once mm-hmm. I kind of settled at my height, which is about six feet tall, um, I think I kind of was insecure about that in itself. And I just felt so much bigger than everyone else. I was just about to say, um, I'm a serious pipsqueak still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just got really insecure about that. And I was still going to ballet every day for like four to ten hours a day. Um, and I would was in like pink tights and a black leotard, the tightest clothing possible, the most revealing clothing possible. And I was just, like, comparing myself to every other tiny girl in the room. And as I, like, my body started to kind of fill out, um, develop, 
turning into a woman, you know, happens to everyone. Um, that's when I just really started getting insecure in my skin, I guess. Um, and then I kind of just clicked one day that I was like, oh, you know, I can't change my height, but maybe I can change my weight and how I feel in that aspect. So, um, I guess I was about 17 when I first, like, tried to lose weight. And I lost a good, I don't want to say numbers because I don't want to be triggering to anyone else, but I lost a lot of weight in a small amount of time. And um, at the time, like, my parents and, like, everyone was really worried about me. My dance teachers even, like, threatened to cut me from company if I kept losing weight. So I was like, okay, I'll stop there. It's fine. Um, But I'm a very OCD person, and so it was kind of ingrained in me. Um, I had these unhealthy habits that I had developed, like weighing myself every day and counting every single calorie that went into my body, Um, and I just wasn't ready to let go of those. And at this point, I had also kind of developed a whole new identity for myself, just being the skinny one, the tall skinny one. So I felt like I had to keep up that image. Um, And it was also around this time that I started kind of getting an interest in modeling because people were coming up to me asking me if I was a model and stuff like that. So I always ask you that. I'm sorry. The people have always asked you that. Yeah, and they have. And but for me, it kind of after I had lost the weight, I was like, oh, it's because I'm skinny now or because I lost all this weight. Gotcha. And so I was like, I kind of have to, I just felt kind of trapped and like this was my new identity, I guess. Um, And so I just really just became fearful of gaining weight in a way. Um, And so since I wasn't losing weight anymore, people kind of thought I was fine and that there wasn't really a problem. And I had always been really good at hiding it in the sense that like, it would appear that I was eating a semi-normal amount. Um, And I just kind of used the excuse of, oh, I'm just eating healthier and I didn't mean to lose the weight. It just kind of happened. So I I was really good at hiding it, I guess. And so people weren't really too worried once I just, once I stopped losing weight. Um, And then I got involved in the modeling world. I got discovered by an agency, um, and I, so backtrack, I went to one semester of college to pursue ballet, and then once I was there, I kind of lost a little bit of my passion for ballet. I wasn't wanting to do it all day, every day anymore, and that's when I got scouted by the modeling agency, and, um, they were like, oh, you know, you have a real shot at this. You could go to New York and we could, you know, try to get you working in New York as a model. And at the time, that was like my dream. So Mm -hmm. I was like, of course. And I, after one semester of college, I moved to New York City and started modeling. Um, I was in my first fashion week. And so... Now I just was in this whole new world. Um, going into it, I was like, oh, I've been a ballet dancer. Like, it's going to be all I'm, – I'm used to taking criticism, so, like, it'll be fine. It's not going to affect me too much mentally. But the modeling world is 
very, very tough. <laughs> and um, yeah, it. So many. I could go on and on about the toxic parts about the industry, but um, it was like once I entered the modeling world, it really fed off my eating disorder, and it just got so much worse. So yeah, I kind of just spit out a lot. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I kind of just spit out a lot. I don't know if that was coherent and made sense. No, it did. It was a great introduction, and I'm so sorry if it touched on things you weren't quite ready to share. Um, Oh, no. Like I said, I'm an open book, so. you don't mind asking, how long were you in New York, like, overall? So, once I started modeling, um, I was kind of all over the place. So, I started out in New York for probably about seven months, and after that, my agents were kind of like, okay, you're not getting too much work here, so we need to travel and get you more experience and kind of build your portfolio up a little more. Gotcha. So that's when I started international traveling. Um, And I went back and forth between New York and between that as well. If you don't mind, I'm thinking this is a pretty good place to stop and talk about today's sponsor because, unfortunately, I have to keep doing that. Of course. (laughs) And then, oh, we'll be right back to continue our conversation. And as always, there will be some poetry just later towards the end of the episode. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. And the next thing I want to ask Gabby is maybe if there's any advice you have for anybody who... Uh, maybe is developing an eating disorder or is maybe just now realizing that they have one? Yeah, so my biggest, the first thing I want you to know is like you're definitely not alone. And second, it's nothing to be ashamed of for the longest time. Like I kept mine a secret for over four years and it was mainly because I just felt so ashamed of it. Um, But it's really nothing to be ashamed of. It's not your fault. It just happens. It's a mental disease that just happens. Um, And so my biggest tip is just to open up to someone. You really need to tell someone. Um, I know how uncomfortable it can be. It was when I opened up to my mom the first time, I was like shaking. I was so scared and uncomfortable. But it releases such a huge weight off of your shoulders you're not supposed to go through this alone and it becomes so much easier and so much more free when you do open up and talk to people. So that would definitely be my biggest tip is just to tell someone. Okay. And um, if people wanted more resources about this or wanted more information, do you know of any good places? Honestly, there are <laughs> there are lots of hotlines. Um, I don't know them off the top of my head, but there are also I know BetterHelp.com is like therapy online. Um, therapy can also be very important for people, um, and also like a big resource help for me was just filling my social media with people who do preach on recovery and just the positive sides of recovery. Um, I found that filling my social media feed with positivity and erasing all the triggering content is very important as well. Speaking of that, do you feel comfortable sharing your social media in case people are interested in more about you or more about your awesome recipes? Yeah, um, my name is Gabacado, G-A-B-B-A-C-A-D-O. 
Um, and I share lots of vegan recipes as well as just any recovery tips that I can share along the way. I'm sorry. Every time I hear or see your name, I love it. It just, it makes my day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's so fitting for you. My friend actually called me that once and I was like, hmm, kind of like that. (laughs) It's so fitting for you. Um, Speaking of those recipes, are there any that are like your favorites right now or anything that you've recently tried and you want to share? Oh gosh, I have one of my all-time favorites is um, this double chocolate banana bread recipe. It's on my Instagram. It's it's also on my website. I do have a website as well. Um, Tell us about but, that. Yeah. <laughs> my website is gabacado.com. Um, yeah, I share recipes and blog posts and stuff like that on it. Also very Gabby-like. Okay, awesome. <laughs> as you were saying, chocolate banana bread. Yeah, so it, it's insane. It tastes like chocolate cake. It's definitely Ooh. one of my favorite recipes. What was the sweet potato, um, was it sweet potato tacos or something? Mm, I do lots of stuff with sweet potatoes, so. I want to say it was, like, sweet potato tacos. It looked so interesting, and I'm trying to get my boyfriend to try them with me. (laughs) (laughs) You should totally try them. Okay, I'll get back to you on that one, I guess, because I don't remember more about it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And then, um kind of as we wrap up the episode I know this seems a little bizarre and out of place with some of the episodes we've had earlier this month but as I mentioned at the beginning there are so many difficult conversations that we need to be having there are so many different types of problems so many different types of healing and so many different ways to go about finding those resources and healing methods and things like that that um, I really thought this tied in with the month's topic Also, I don't know how often this happens, but I do know that I've personally been affected by a situation where somebody's death was labeled a suicide, but actually their doctor and some of their other people are saying that it was an eating disorder and she literally fell um, to the end as opposed to it being purposeful. Um, and as this month is Suicide Prevention Month, I, I don't know how often that mistake happens, like, in confusing the two, but I feel like it's probably more than we realize, because, <laughs> as Gabby mentioned, eating disorders are, um, sort of a mental, I don't remember if you said illness or just a, um, tick. Yeah, mental illness. And that's something that, again, the world doesn't realize enough and support enough. So once again, there are so many resources out there for anything that you're going through. Hopefully, as the podcast goes on, we'll be able to provide more of those for you guys. And as always, I'm so glad that Gabby was here to talk with us. And if you'll give us just a second, I have two poems I'd like to share today. Alrighty, so I promised you guys poems, and the first poem is titled Now That You've Recovered, and it's written by Charles Zinko. Um, I'm so, so sorry if I mispronounced this, um, but the funny thing is this was actually written by a mental health therapist who was so impressed by the recovery of one of their patients. They wrote and shared this poem, 
Um, it does feel a little childish in the writing style, but I think that was intentional. So without further ado, here's this poem. When you recover, what will you do? When you recover, will you still be you? Will you be stronger? Will you be new? When you recover from what you've been through, can life get better than it was before? Will you realize your dreams and improve your score? Will people still remember your name or will they forget you because they're ashamed? Life in recovery may not be the same. The rules may have changed in this brand new game. You can pick up the pieces and make a new start and courage and hope keep you from falling apart. The world all around you seems different and changed. Things that were once were once now seem strange, but you can recapture your life and fulfill the dreams that were lost when you look ill. The, the journey to wellness takes time and is long, and those that get well are exceptionally strong. For depression can kill, for life can, can strain, but you have survived and your goal is to recover again. Now that you've recovered, what would you do? You have suffered and conquered and saw it all through. Back to the black and abyss and despair. It is time to move on and it is time to care. And then... The next poem, if it will load, is a little different. This was actually a birthday poem to Gabby um, from 2017. And it's titled, Doo -doo -doo, As the River Flows. There cannot always be rainbows in the sky, otherwise they'd lose their beauty, their importance. And every time it rains, flowers are sure to poke their heads up from their pretty little cozy blankets of grass and covered dirt. There is something enticing about fire raging through dry brush in California summertime that leads to springtime births of hummingbird friends and nests popping up like polka dots dancing. I know it melts the snow as winter begs not to die and I'm well aware how leaves write the eulogy so effortlessly as the days slowly count down to a new year but only seasonally. Sometimes, if we're lucky, it can also be emotionally, like when moss covers stones and cypress facing north only until spring comes. Sunshine blocked by windy days and cloudy stars die in our hands as moonlight fades the way you did. But darling, spring is here. Finally, you can shed the skin and bloom again. And I lied, I have a third poem. Um, and it's just a cutesy little poem that was written uh, for a children's ballet class, but since that's kind of what started this conversation, I figured we'd share. And it's just titled Little Ballerina. Little Ballerina, dance for me, a delightful scene to, for anyone to see. On your tiptoes, ever so light, you dance with magic through the night. Across the floor, you flow with ease. Little Ballerina, dance for me, please. I watch you glide with splendor and grace as a smile of innocence beams on your face. Prancing about with magic in your feet and a wonder to see like an angel so sweet. Little ballerina, dance with flair, swirling and turning all through the air. Hands moving with the music as you go, a fantasy to see with a magical flow. Dance upon dreams that play in your mind, upon the dance floor, miracles to find. Feet moving so graceful with ease, little ballerina, dance for me please. So there are the poems for today, and I thank you again so very much for joining me on another very important episode of Learning to Fly, the podcast. And thank you again, Gabby, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. 
Of course. 